0: It's that time. It's Monday. It's time to talk twins. Nobody better than Chris Attenberry. Hey, how are you?
1: I am happy that the twins are home because the West Coast games, when you work them from the studio, keep you up way into the night. (laughs) And uh, I am not as young as I once was. So uh, (laughs) getting the old body clock back on sync is uh, good news for me.
0: Do you find yourself when you're doing Because I've done a couple of those. So is Bauer. We had a comedy tour. Couple of weeks back in April, that we were on tour for four nights. Do you find yourself taking naps.
1: I did. I, well, what <laughs> I did, I used to take naps. Now you know what I find myself doing at my advanced age. I find myself getting like crazy migraine headaches, and oh. then taking naps um uh, it used to be easy right like hey we're up till two Woo-hoo. right and then and then now it's like oh my gosh <laughs> i know <laughs> it feels so to. weird you know but, 10 o'clock
0: uh, rolls around you're like time for bed
1: yeah <laughs> uh, but we're, we're through it and the games were all competitive they didn't turn out the way we wanted them to but uh they were all really interesting competitive games which i'm i'm grateful for and haven't had a whole lot of dogs which is good and uh and again quicker than they used to be so i guess i should be thankful for that
0: we're still in the fight, 25-22. I mean, what are the teams out there that are, are taking off right now?
1: Everybody in the American League East is good. Um, so our division, as we've discussed, is not good. Uh, we have the only winning record in the Central. We would be last place in the East. Oh, wow. Every every night is a battle in the East. The Baltimore Orioles were the second team in the league to 30 wins. Unbelievable. Uh, so you got the Orioles. The Yankees have ripped off a bunch of wins. They're right there in third. Boston's better than people thought. I think out west, the team to keep an eye on is Houston. Texas has been really good. They score a ton of runs. Houston's just kind of been on boost control. Uh, but with Dusk at the helm, they just got Altuve back. I feel like they're about to go rocket propulsion towards the top of the league. Um, I think they're going to figure it out. We'll be down there. I'm, I'm heading down on Sunday night with the club. We'll be down there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I fear we're catching them at a bad time. But yeah, I think Houston's really, really pretty good. Pretty good baseball team.
2: What's uh, what's going on with Byron? What, uh, what, what happened with him, and is this something that we think is going to be lingering, or is this a, a quick fix?
1: There's no quick fix. So hmm. the thing is, Byron is not even remotely close to healthy, and he has been playing all year, and all of us, including me, want him to play center, and he would be playing center if he was even remotely close to healthy, mm-hmm. but he's not. So he DH it. So when he has a stretch of games where, you know, he plays every day and he's on base a ton, and he's, you know, we've seen him stealing bases. We've seen him going first to third. We've seen him doing crazy Byron stuff like scoring from first on a flare, you know. And so when he does that three, four, five days in a row, just that buildup makes it so he can't answer the bell. Um, It it just, he gets back to being where he was last year where, you know, all he could do is hope he hit a home run or pop up. Because he just didn't have the strength in the legs. Um, you know, it's the team's been very vague about what his procedure was in the offseason, but I know it was multiple ailments, and I know that they weren't all fixed or even fixable necessarily. And so it's just he needs to take a day every once in a while, not unlike a player who's completely healthy. You just need a day mm-hmm. of rest, but when he takes a pounding over the course of a couple of days. Um, because he's stealing bags or he's going first to third or he has some of those types of days, then he's going to need some rest once in a while. And, you know, if he's just hitting homers or, or, or striking out and he's not on base, you know, when he was 0 for 25, he, he could play every day. He didn't run. And so right. uh, he didn't take a pounding on those those dangerous joints of his. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. I mean, I, I don't think this is a IL sort of thing, but we just have to accept that even though he's our best offensive player by a mile, um, By any metric, he's doing it at, you know, somewhere between 70 and 90 percent, probably.
2: I know one of the stories we've been kind of following and, and Jake has been up on hoping for and holding his breath uh, to see if Royce is going to be headed up anytime soon. What are you hearing about that?
1: So Royce cannot legally come up until the 29th. Oh,
2: OK. Because okay. he's
1: on the he's on the 60 day injured list. Okay. So when he's on in, on his rehab and he hits two home runs, everyone's like, call him up, call him up. Right. right. It's like, well, you can't. He's on the 60-day injured list. So he can't go anywhere until the 29th. When he comes off the 60-day, he can then either be optioned to a minor league place or he can come to the big leagues. And so I think he's doing great on his rehab. Obviously, I think there's a spot for him at third base because Miranda spit the bit and is down there trying to find his swing at AAA. Um, and I think that they could slide him right into third base, and you know get Kyle Farmer, who's been fantastic, back to kind of a more of a utility role where he's so valuable. Especially with Polanco hurt um, and with uh, Miranda down in the minors, I, I think there's a spot. But you can't even think about it till the 29th. So you got to hold hold your keep your powder dry a little while longer.
0: Who else? Who else is on the the uh, the short straw or the short uh, list for coming up?
1: Yeah, you know, them you know, has been up, right? Like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. almost everybody's here. You know, you'd say Eddie Julian's one of those guys, but we were forced to bring him up already. Um, we've seen Walner already, um, and right now I, I don't think we'll see Walner again really soon. I hope we don't. I think Matt really would benefit from staying down there and playing every day and just getting his swing and doing his thing. I think we're going to still see a bunch of arms, and I think there's probably a bunch of arms that – we don't even think of like, you know, like they're not necessarily prospect guys. I think of a guy like Cody Thunderberg, who you've probably never heard of, and I wouldn't nope. recognize if he broke into my house right now and <laughs> demanded all my money, but he's a guy who's, who's left-handed, who's putting up some numbers and, and, you know, we've only got one lefty in the pen with, with field bar hurt. And our bullpen, frankly, is, has not been lights out of late. So I think you'll see some arms probably would be the next wave of, of guys that get promoted. Um, and it's funny because like last year we brought up occasionally out of need guys like, you know, Jenner Cano and we're like, ah, oh, who's this guy? He's, he's just a guy and he's not very effective. And we released him or we, we, I think we traded him to Baltimore in the Jorge Lopez deal. And now he's the best reliever in baseball. He went from being terrible for us to being terrible for them in AAA to being terrible in spring training to suddenly being the most effective reliever in all of baseball. Of course. But both said guys, like, you just never know. You know, you're spinning a wheel, like the Wheel of Fortune, and you might just land on um, on a special guy who catches lightning in a bottle. Kind of like right now, Brock Stewart's our best reliever. You know, and I don't think anybody had that on the bingo card.
0: No. <laughs> and bullpen. now, uh, if you look at the, uh, the games ahead of us, uh, the Giants coming to town, what do you look for uh, for us? Is it going to be mostly defense? With the
1: Gigantes, uh, I don't know what to expect because they are, I think, a lot like us. I think they have some talent. I don't think it's performing at a consistently high level. I think their bullpen has struggled at times. I think that they are infusing some youth into an older team, and so they're hovering just a little under five hundred, and they can go from being really good to really bad, like in the blink of an eye. And that's kind of where we are. You know, we're pretty good, but we're not great, and... I feel like, like on that road trip, Dodgers are a good team, Angels are an ant team. And we just kind of, uh, against the Dodgers, we played right with them, but then they would make one more play and win the game, which is what good teams do. Mm-hmm, and right? against the Angels, somehow, even though I think we're better than them, we kind of played down to their level. So it's a neck mm-hmm. and neck photo finish, and whoever makes the one play wins, and they did it twice. So we lose the series, you know? So I feel like, were I a predicting force? that we'll probably play down to the Giants level and just kind of be tight games and then see who can make the one play. That's what we did with the Padres. That's what we did with the Cubs. You know, Each series came down to the final game. They were all close. Um, the one outlier is on days when we hit the ball in the seats, we look like world beaters. Right. And on days when we don't hit multiple home runs, we look very, very pedestrian. Mm. Let me ask
0: you this. When, when we have problems, when well, we get people on base, but we can't finish out the inning, does the manager start thinking maybe I change the batting order around a little bit?
1: You know, I think way too much goes into, like, the order of the guys. You know, they'll, they'll jumble it around sometimes, but but most of the time they'll fall back on because so much goes into putting it out there in the first place. They have all hmm. these reams of data points about this swing and this type of pitch, and his approach matches this guy, and if they go to this guy in the pen, we'll use that guy off the bench. Um, and, and so I think they, they like their order going in. They, they rethink it every day, no matter if it's going well, or if it's going poorly. And then it's just a matter of executing when you're in there. That's 10 tends to be how, how brain trusts think about it, right? Like well, we put them in the right place, they just didn't do well. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's, that's right. the easiest way for management to, uh, uh to put it. So uh, they, they put a lot into it every day in terms of thinking that they always have the best order. One thing I think that we've been a little hamstrung by is, when you lose Polanco, it was a switch hitter who you play every day. Sure, That affects their ability to do what I thought Rocco was doing a really good job of, and I give Jay Stingler a lot of credit, too, of, of the mixing and matching within a game. You know, okay, well, they went to their left-handed reliever in the in the middle innings, so we're going to our right-handed bats off the bench, knowing that because we have two switch hitters in Castro and Polanco, when they go back to a right-handed reliever, we can flip that script again and move an infielder to the outfield, outfield to the infield, and be versatile enough to always have an optimum matchup. I, I think they were really good at that. I think Willie Castro proved to be a critical, critical guy in allowing them to do all of that stuff. I think he's been better than anyone could have imagined. Um, he can run. He'll steal a base. He can play good defense at seven positions. You know, he he get on base. He's bunted for hits you know, so I think he's been really good, but without Polo, then Castro becomes your only switch hitter. If he starts now, you don't have him as that Swiss army knife. So I think Polo in so many ways is kind of the linchpin to their ability to maneuver their lineup. And so with him being hurt, I, I think that that, that kind of limits the, the moves that they can make. And I think this is a front office that likes to, to think they're outsmarting you a lot of the time with stuff like that, as opposed to, you know, Cleveland, who's just Terry's gonna roll his guys out and say, Go get him, fellas. Yeah. And 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 I have faith in you and believe in you and and I know that you can get it done, and then they believe in themselves. So I think we're always trying to be the smartest guy in the room.
0: Switch hitters amaze me. I can't even switch hands eating spaghetti.
1: That's yeah, amazing. Unbelievable. <laughs> and some of these dudes some of these dudes don't even do it till like I've been talking to some scouts like, Oh, he didn't start switch hitting until he got into Pro Ball. Good like, Lord. Wait, what? wait a second. You waited until you were facing other professionals. Yeah. And then decided, yeah, maybe I'll give it a try right in. The best (laughs) of the
2: best. And you're like, you know what? Well, let's see what it looks like
1: from the other side. Yeah. You know what? Otani, you want to really show me something? (laughs) Then (laughs) we'll
2: talk. Uh, right. (laughs) All right. Otherwise, what are you doing? (laughs) Chris, last question for you. Is Sonny Gray for reals right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. There's nothing fluky about what Sonny's doing. Um, You know, and we forget because when, when we saw him last year, It was out of the lockout. Mm -hmm. I think Sonny, like a lot of veterans, thought the lockout was probably going to go longer and wasn't quite ready. And so I don't think we ever saw him full bore Sonny Gray. And so over the course of the offseason, he never quit throwing. How weird is that in this game? Rest and load management. He came up with a program where he wouldn't burn out, but he threw consistently through the whole offseason. So when I say he's in great shape, best shape of his life, it's not just because he was on the treadmill, right, nice. like on the stair climber. The guy was throwing. He was in pitching shape. It's a contract year for Sonny. It's probably going to be his last multi-year deal at the age he is and the mm-hmm. way the game works. And he is back to being the guy who was a first-round pick and an all-star and all those things with Oakland uh, early in his career. He, he's really good. I, I think Sonny's the guy who's really smart. And so he's not a thrower. He's a he's a pure pitcher. And so pitchers now have all these tools, uh, you know, the Rapsodo and the Tronic, and we can tell you to manipulate the ball right. this way and that way, and this is the best chance to get guys out. And a lot of these guys are just donkeys, right, where they're just like, okay, tell me what to do. Totally. Right? Um, you know, and, and and honestly, management loves donkeys. They want these guys, oh, hey, you throw really, really hard and don't think about it. <laughs> great. We're going to tell you exactly what to do. They love that. Yeah. They love that more than, than breathing. But Sonny Gray's not like that. He uses it almost like, like the diabolical genius in the hollowed out volcano in the spy movie. Right. Right. Like he goes in and says, okay, I'm already good at this. I could get him out that way. I'm going to do this. He is like a, a self-made pitcher. The, the, the one-on-one chess battles. That's where he thrives. He's so smart. And now he has a tool to take all these things in his head where he knows, you know, it's not like that they're just saying, Oh, I'll do this. I heard it on the computer. Sonny says, I saw your swing when I threw this pitch. So if I made the ball do that, then your swing is worthless. You know, like he's yes. thinking constantly. And I think it's really fun to watch him. If you like just that hitter pitcher battle and then the subtleties and the nuances, man, Sonny's a delight. He's an absolute delight to watch pitch. And when you're pitching for your last big contract, I mean Hey, it's in your best interest, right? So yep. I, I love watching the guy throw. I think he's our, our best starter. Joe's been great. Take nothing away from Joe. Joe's been phenomenal. Now, Pavel's been pretty good. Bailey Ober's another guy. I really like to watch pitch. But Sonny Gray for me is he's a viewing. And um, that's what makes our team, I think, fun. Is that for all of our offensive inconsistencies and whatnot, our starter will keep you in a game every night. Totally. You know, and that's just good baseball as a fan because Sonny's elite right now. He's, he's to me, he might be starting the All-Star game if it was eh, happening right now. I think Bailey Ober is just, he's salty, right? Like, he's this yeah. nicest guy, and he's a giant, but on the mound he's just salty, and he's big, <laughs> and he comes right at you, and he's grown the beard out and the long hair. Yeah. Love everything about his mound presence. Louis Varlin's an old wrestler. Ah, you're not messing with that, right? No. He's got the rosy cheeks, but he's a bulldog. I love his approach. You know, Pablo is a thinking man's pitch. Love our rotation. Um, and I think Sonny has a huge impact on all the younger guy craft. So yeah, he's more than for real right now. I
2: don't know if you caught that, Jake, but we have now a brand new nickname for Sonny, which is Sonny Delight, according to from what I hear from from Chris here, Sonny D should be his new nickname going forward.
1: Sonny S- D. Yeah. You S- what's stuff? your
0: nickname? What's your nickname around the, the ballpark? Yeah, what do My the players nickname? call you?
1: Um, I have a lot of them. Most of them I can't say on the radio, (laughs) um, in the studio, they call me chuckles. Um, Chuckles. Yeah. Chuckles. Um, and it's, it's said with derision. Um, (laughs) so Anthony LaPanta, who does a lot of the TV work, um, and he does the wild, you know, and he, when he's around the ballpark, he calls me Huckleberry. Um, and I've known him forever and his kids call me like. When when some his younger kids would meet my <laughs> m- me and my wife they'd be like oh Mrs. Huckleberry nice to meet you like I think they thought that was my real name so somehow Huckleberry turned into Chuckleberry turned into Chuckles so okay. yeah I get they call me Chuckles at the ballpark but wow. uh, that's that's the only place that I get that that's always in the studio when I'm in trouble <laughs> when you're mm. in
2: trouble all right got it yeah all right Chris thank you so much for taking the time to talk twins with us today we'll check in with you again next week.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go drink a big cold glass of Sunny D.
2: Sunny D, nice. get your Sunny D mm-hmm.
0: up. Broadcasting from a super cool tree fort on the edge of town. Jake and Bauer.